duelists, Yugi bros, Yugi girls, uh, Yugi theys. Uh, it's good to have you guys back again. I forgot how to greet people for a second. Um, I forget every day, but it's time yeah. to podcast. It's time to pa 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 podcast. Um. I was actually really mad because you can't find time to duel as like a ringtone and I wanted it as a ringtone. And I don't understand why you can't just get that isolated part of the You wanna you wanna try to rip it rip the audio and put it on your phone? No, because I'm not like twelve anymore and I don't yeah. have a flip phone and I'm like, no, I have adult money. I can buy the dollar ninety nine ringtone. They don't have it for me. Do you remember ringtone commercials? Yes. Kind of. I remember when, like, the only versions of ringtones you could get were, like, chiptune versions. Oh, yeah, like MIDI. MIDI version. Yeah, like a MIDI file. Cool. Uh, This (laughs) week's episodes are... The numbering is confusing, if you want to explain... Oh, yeah, so it looks like the website that we've been using, Yu-Gi-Oh.com, it looks like for episode 14 and 15, although they have different titles, it seems to be the same episode. So for ease of understanding, today we're when we were referring to what happens in episode 14, it's going to carry over into episode 15. So it's the exact same events. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the two episodes, uh, Light at the End of the Tunnel and Scarves of Defeat. Um, however, we're not really skipping over the episode which I be- between them, which I believe is called Winning Through Intimidation, because it's the same exact stuff that happens in Light at the End of the Tunnel. Yeah, um, basically the two episodes are the first one's the duel with panic and the second one is kaiba and uh joey dueling yeah uh the first one's a little more duel a little more of a traditional Yu-Gi-Oh duel uh episode and the second one i would probably categorize in i think we get these a lot after a longer duel heavy episode it's just kind of a catch-all for events that need to happen for the plot and it's less um, intense. Uh, yeah. So let's get into the stuff that happens in Light at the End of the Tunnel. Yeah, so um, the gang wakes up after, they're, uh, after they've been sent to the Shadow Realm and made into card monsters. Uh, yes, uh, Joey says that that's the last time he sleeps with dueling cards under his pillow. Uh, which is a continuity error because he he doesn't have a pillow. Um, what's the noise for CinemaSins where it makes a little ding? I don't know this reference. Oh, CinemaSins is like an aggravating YouTube channel where they go through movies and point out, like, inconsistencies in the plot and stuff like that. I have this sound. That's very good. Yeah, that's perfect. Podcast listeners love that. 
I'm sure, um, I'm sure they'll get a kick out of that. Um, yeah, so the gang's confused, but Yugi and Bakura know what's up with the whole Shadow Realm and mm-hmm. different things happening, and uh, I think they hear uh, my scream. Yes, right. uh, and we switch over to Mai is losing a duel and has actually just lost a duel. Um, and as the gang sort of runs up to see her, uh, they find out that she's been eliminated by this guy who's taken all of her star chips. Kind of looks like a juggalo light, almost. Um, and yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like just he's he's very aggressive. He's like, ha ha ha! I got you out of this. Like I. I got this weak do list out of the game. And so we learn about um, these hired duelists that Pegasus has brought in to weed out weaker duelists in the um, Duelist Kingdom tournament. Yeah, he's essentially a merc hired yeah. by Pegasus. They're called Eliminators. Yeah. Um... I didn't have time to look it up before the podcast, but. I imagine in Japan, in the Japanese version, they'll, they're called murderers or something, <laughs> where it's, like, way darker. Yeah. Uh, and his name is Panic. Spelled with a K, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. His, his jacket has a big P and a big K on it. Yeah. He has an aesthetic. And James, I have a question for you about uh, his hands. They're they're very large, and he, ha- he actually has two... Um, <laughs> Of these Starship gloves. Yeah. Uh, and I only, maybe in the past year, became familiar with the term yaoi hands. <laughs> Would you say Panic has yaoi hands? No. The only reason I say no is because, like, yaoi hands, I think, happens when the hands are really disproportionate to, like, the rest of the arm. Oh, okay. Like, you have really small wrists. Because it's like a weird, delicate wrist and then very large hands. Whereas I feel like Panic, because like you saw that like huge starship wrist thing that he has. Yeah, at one point he also grabs Mai's uh, wrist and you can tell that his hand is very large. Yeah. He's... Yeah, it's... Yaoi hands is like proportional, I think. Um... Okay, nope. my only reference is recently I saw a picture of Machine Gun Kelly and I think Megan... <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion? Oh, Megan Fox. Megan Fox, because they're dating or something, and oh. someone tweeted, Machine Gun Kelly has yaoi hands, and his hands were quite large in comparison to hers. That's... I'd, I don't think I can say I've seen Machine Gun Kelly's hands. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, big hands is a sign of... of yaoi but like i don't feel like that's a really a thing in Yu-Gi-Oh, just because everyone's drawn so exaggeratedly right um like i would say kaiba has yaoi hands but i can't think of a time when like he had he was drawn with huge hands like they seem proportional not that i haven't seen like uh yaoi doujinshi where they really give kaiba like huge hands just way too big to be dueling with too big to hold cards 
too big to hold cards, but big enough to hold something else. Um, anyways, this is a family podcast. <laughs> that was my yaoi hands aside. <laughs> yaoi hands corner with yeah. Sam. Um, so, uh, panic is like, has eliminated my, so to speak, but, um, Yugi's like, I know the way to deal with bullies because this guy's a bully. And the only way to deal with bullies is to call upon the spirit in your Millennium Puzzle to duel them. Yep. Um, there's no other way. That's how you gotta stand up to them. Yes. Um, and so... someone else. <laughs> you call on basically your cool older brother to yep. <laughs> come defend you. Um, and so Yami Yugi comes out and he smells, he smells a, a fun duel. Um, and it kind of gave me echoes of, because as they start the duel, um, Panic reveals that this is a pretty intense duel, uh, where he like locks, uh, like puts cuffs around Yugi's, uh, ankles and there's, yeah huge fire like just shooting out near him yeah um and it kind of reminded me of um in the Yu-Gi-Oh manga the first few duels like the first few games Yami Yugi calls them like like death games basically because if you lose them something close to death happens to you or like penalty games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of reminded me of like the high stakes of uh, the original manga duels. Yeah, this island seems to be getting worse and worse by each episode. Yeah, there seems to be crazier and crazier characters just hopping out of the woodwork. Uh, uh, Yami Yugi withstands the flamethrowers as everyone is amazed. And I'm not, I'm not sure how the forest isn't on fire at that point, but it's not. Well, he, yeah, he, the first flames are kind of just, like, to intimidate him, and then he's like, ha ha ha, that doesn't intimidate me. I know what you are, and you're a cheater, and you don't duel with honor. And for some reason, this makes Panic really mad, even though, like, that's what he's been bragging about. Right. It's so strange to me that, like, sometimes the villains will get really upset when they're called, like, cheaters or like not honorable duelists when they're coming on like, their bullshit yeah i'm like but that's like your whole shtick yeah that's what you've like been excited about is to be like oh i love cheating and doing crimes yeah in this case panic really likes uh darkness as you can tell by the way he plays yes um the first card that he plays is um, Castle of Dark Illusions, which gets a field bonus for being played at night because we didn't mention it, but this is a night duel. Yeah, um, we haven't seen, uh, besides, I guess, the moon affecting the waves, um, we haven't really seen like a daytime bonus. Happen. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting to see field power bonuses being played based on like time 
uh, like time of day. So yeah. We haven't really seen that before, but yes. And so the power of the Castle of Dark Illusions is basically it sort of hides all of his monsters that he's playing under a, a thing of shadows, I believe is what he calls it. Yeah, it just looks um, like a black blob. Yeah, it's it's just kind of like a dark fog. Yeah. Over his side of the arena. Um and, and then do we get the great uh montage? Yes, because then they start to duel. And I believe that might be the difference between those episodes is this is a montage with oh, a sick okay. a, a sick tune. And I've mentioned it before which is the phrase music to duel to. And that is like yeah. the actual CD of the Yu-Gi-Oh show soundtrack called music oh, to duel to. Um, and so a song like this, which I don't know the title of it, but I would imagine it's called, I'm not going to panic because that's yeah. like the only lyrics that we get. It's like a very white rap song. Uh, yeah, they're it, kind it of almost all... reminds me of the Pokemon rap a little bit. Yeah, they all have that sort of flavor. Of... Yeah, I couldn't wait for it to end. To be honest, <laughs> this one was shorter than the Kaiba one, though. Yeah, for yeah. the the talk song, we do see the Reaper appear uh, in this episode from the last episode. The Reaper. Of yes. Cards. Yeah. Um. In my notes, I was like, "Oh, it's a card." And it gets trapped by the, um, what was that card called? It was with the one that kind of looks like a, like, demon summoning circle. Um, the, yeah, he defeats the Reaper card with a magic card. Um, and Yami Yugi basically is like, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of your card that like puts all your monsters in shadow because only children are afraid of the dark until they learn not to be afraid of what's unknown yeah, um, very very uh strong point i was like whoa i learned something today about myself yeah i'm so afraid of the unknown but i shouldn't be yes yami yugi <laughs> It's just so, I find it so interesting when, like, shows that are aimed at children are teaching lessons like that, but it's kind of hard to apply to, like, a real-world situation, because in this situation, the unknown is, like, a card game where you don't know the next card that someone's gonna play. It's kind of harder to, like, apply to, like, I don't know what's gonna happen if I go into this new situation true i don't i don't know if kids will make that logical jump no because they're not like 26 year olds watching this like a few weeks before they move true um but uh so they play the montage and then yami yugi plays the card swords of revealing light which basically disperses the dark fog and reveal reveals all of Panic's monsters. However, Panic plays a card that allows him to uh, bring all of those monsters' defense powers up. Yes, because the Swords of Light also 
makes uh, all those monsters in defense mode and unable to do anything for three turns. Yes. Um, so they're locked in place, but they're also locked behind a very powerful defense shield. So all of Panic's monsters are protected while Yami Yugi's monsters are sort of, uh, you know, out in the open. Panic is doing what uh, we gamers would call turtling. <laughs> I didn't know that was a phrase. Yeah, he's kind of just building up his defenses and staying in one spot. Yeah. Um, well, uh, he puts that whole defense together and starts sort of trash-talking Yami Yugi about it. But uh, Yami Yugi's like, you know, I'm not afraid of you because you're just trying to win through intimidation and not actual skill, which I thought was a pretty sick burn. Where he's like, you're not a good duelist. You're just, like, very good at scaring people. Yeah. Uh, and um, Panic has a great response, which is just, shut up! <laughs> uh, which is always good. Yeah. Yell at somebody. That's that's how you know y Yami Yugi is getting to him. Mm-hmm. Yami Yugi is getting under his skin. Looks like somebody's being... The Intimidator is being intimidated. Um, yeah, then we got a shot of, I think, Yamiyugi drawing a card, and then I I drew a small uh, doodle of this, but it's like when mm -hmm. in animes, when you see, like, they, they, like, smirk, and it's just the bottom half of their face. Yes. Yeah. That's a lot of Yamiyugi in this particular episode. A lot of small smirks. Yeah, he hatches a plan. He's very on his game. I think he is most comfortable when he's able to, like, duel against someone that he is, like, knows he's better at dueling than and also has, like, no sympathy for. Yeah, he's, he's great at dunking on bullies. He's very good at dunking on bullies. Um, but that's, like, that's why this episode is not as super interesting to me because i kind of like the duels where it's someone he has maybe more sympathy for so like the strategy has to be more well thought out yeah, yeah this um, is definitely like a yami yugi flexing episode yeah he's just dunking on him um he also plays a card that i love which is polymerization because it's every time it gets pulled out i'm like oh this, the next move is gonna be so fucking cool uh, and basically, uh, Yami Yugi combines two of his monster cards, um, which I suppose can only really happen if they're two compatible cards. Um, and he combines uh, his Gaia Knight with uh, a particular dragon card to create Gaia, the dragon champion. Yeah, which he's done before. A signature move. He has? Yeah, he's done it. I think he did it a couple episodes ago, right? What, the polymerization? Yeah. I didn't remember. Sorry. <laughs> it wasn't Gaia the Dragon Champion. Or maybe it was. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I think he... I don't remember what specific battle, but that's a very... I, I feel like the when you know Gaia, Gaia comes out, you're like, 
All right. Palm is Palm. He's gonna put those two together. He's gonna polymerize them. Yeah. Uh, and basically he uses that card to destroy the floating ring that's keeping the Castle of Dark Illusions afloat, uh, but it doesn't bring the castle down, and in Panic's taunting of Yami Yugi about how his castle is still up, he does, like, he fully does the John Cena, like, you can't see me, <laughs> hand over his face. Um, but does he... he catapult turtle before this yeah yeah he summons catapult turtle and he like puts the dragon champion in yeah um, i just want to give a shout out to catapult turtle for being a card where it literally launches other monsters so he he puts gaia the dragon knight onto the catapult turtle to to like fucking launch it at the castle which is dope um, it's a lot of turtle talk yeah. this week. He anti-turtles his panics turtling. Yes. So he destroys the floating ring, but the castle still stays up, and we find out that's because, um, y- Yamiyugi's, uh, Swords of Revealing Light are still in play, and they're holding the castle up. Yeah. But they only stay up there for three turns, and in the next turn, there, uh, the cards stops working, and so that those light, those swords are gone, and they. The fortress comes crashing down. Yes, the castle just smashes those monsters, which is a it's like a really cool visual, because the monsters can't escape because of Panic's previous uh, kind of force field movement attack yeah though Basic- i don't know if in the actual card game any of this makes sense or oh like- no i don't think literally any of this would happen yeah in the actual card game like i don't think i think it's all a bit of fudging on yeah. this one what i don't mind because it looked cool when that castle smashed the monsters and it also meant then the episode was over and i didn't have to listen to panic anymore he's kind of got like it's good voice acting but it kind of reminded me of um have you watched the little animation shorts that worthy kids has done called big top burger no uh so there's an animator on twitter who does this like very um, short but funny animated series called Big Top Burger, which is a clown-themed food truck. And okay. the person who owns the clown-themed food truck in the series is uh, a clown that's drawn to look kind of like the Tim Curry Pennywise, but his name is Steve. And the voice acting for Steve kind of sounds like Panic. From Yu-Gi-Oh! And mm. so as I was watching it, I was like, all I can think of is Sweet Steve. Do you know if they're the same person? No, they're not the same person. Uh, yeah, so Panic is pissed, and he 
smashes his controls to uh, launch a fiery tornado at Yami Yugi. Yes. Uh, but Yami Yugi uses his magic to protect him, himself and his friends from the fire. Um, and in retaliation, I guess, kills Panic? Oh, uh, like, yeah, he, like, Yami does, Yugi does his whole, like, mind shadow thing to him. Yeah, he mind smashes him, and the reason I say it feels like he killed him is because, unlike in other episodes, like, we don't see Panic after he gets mind smashed. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, they're just kind of like, whatever. Continue like, eh. the story. Um, so... Panic gets mind smashed, uh, and Yami Yugi gets all of the star chips, including Mai's, which he attempts to give back to her, but she's like, I fight my own duels, and I, I wouldn't feel right taking those back. And uh, the only reason she ends up uh, grabbing her... Starship's back is because Joey basically, like, reverse psychologies her and, like, takes them first. Yeah, he's like, I'll take them if you're not going to take them. Yeah. And then he he high-fives them to her. Yes. Um, and says that what this duel was supposed to be teaching them is that um, you can't keep your defenses up. You have to let people in once in a while to be able to help you. Uh, which I thought was like a nice lesson to end on. And seems yeah, pretty... Yeah, good, good metaphors. And then Joey says, I'm such a sensitive guy. That's the best good. line of the episode. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that was the, that episode. Um, I liked the introduction of the eliminators because we see a few more of those it also i think shows us that everything is not on quite on the up and up with pegasus like even more than we'd already expected yeah um and that there's going to be a lot of things that are going to stand in our hero's way in this particular tournament i like seeing catapult turtle catapult tur turtle was very fun. I liked seeing Castle of Dark Illusions because I like the cards that are like goth. Yeah, it's also I we might have seen a building before, but it's you know it's not a monster, it's like a mm -hmm. structure, which is interesting. Yeah. The monsters that are not technically monsters. Right. So the next episode, uh titled The Scars of Defeat, starts with uh believe pegasus in his castle yes pegasus is talking to the board members of kaibakor who are all kind of like um suggesting that they might be able to help get rid of kaiba and pegasus is like nobody's going to touch kaiba like that's i'm going to take care of that um basically because it seems pretty obvious he wants to beat Kaiba in a duel. Yeah, and Pegasus says, I'll make you obscenely rich. 
Yes. He's going to make them rich, and he's going to find a way to use Kaiba's technology knowledge. Furthering the Elon Musk-ness of him, of basically taking somebody else's technology. Um, then and, we're, we're, we just cut back to Yugi and Bakura, right? No, we cut to uh, Kaiba in a helicopter. Oh, yeah. There's my one of my favorite things in this whole series is just Kaiba in different modes of transportation that he <laughs> everything he knows how to drive. Yeah. A uh, helicopter, he can boat, hack stuff. He hacks stuff. Uh, later on, not in this particular arc, but um, further into the show, he has a full plane that is designed to look like a blue eyes white dragon that he flies. Wow. That's got like a cockpit for him and then a little one, like a little cockpit for Mokuba. That sounds red. Yeah, that's those Kaiba brothers. They're wild. Um, and basically Kaiba's in his helicopter and is ruminating on the fact that his business associates have turned their back on him after he lost duel to yugi and it's kind of a bummer because like he basically has come to the conclusion that in order to defeat pegasus he's like i need to forget all the lessons that i learned and i need to go back to doing what i was doing before because that's the only way that i can beat kaiba um so after an episode of like really good lessons i feel like we get to come back to kaiba who's like i refuse to learn a lesson and if you think i learned a lesson no i didn't yeah he's he's very stubborn and this episode also reinforces that yeah he is he wants revenge and he thinks he knows the best way to get it uh but then we switch over to uh yugi and the gang and bakura and Yugi and Bakura are talking about uh, Bakura's Millennium Ring, um, which has these, like, little... Uh, I'm going to guess probably seven of them, little uh, dangly bit things, and like one of them is glowing and... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of them is glowing and pointing towards Pegasus's castle. Yeah, his his item almost looks like a dream catcher. Kind of. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that was like the inspiration. Yeah. For that design. Um, yeah, but it's pointing at Pegasus's uh, castle to emphasize that there's another Millennium item. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we're treated to a flashback of Bakura's first day at school, uh, with some great uh, VO from the teacher being like. Hello, class. Here is your new classmate, Bakura. Uh, and basically, Bakura says the only other time he's seen his Millennium Ring do this before is when he first met Yugi. And so from that, they kind of extrapolate that his ring is able to point out other Millennium objects. Right. Uh, also, there was a great line from Bakura where he kind of like really got into an English accent where he's like, 
it's been pretty scary, eh, Yuki? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. geez, Bakura. Oi, governor. Let's have a duel, then. I would have um, liked it if um, they, they hammed it up even more. Oh, yeah. yeah. It needs to go even more over the top. Yeah. Uh, shout out to our British listeners. Yeah, I'll, I'll look up the percentage next time. Thank you. How many people there are. Um, <laughs> uh, but they don't have a ton of time to talk about Millennium Items because who should land his helicopter right where they're camping but Seto Kaiba, which yeah, seems I really dangerous. Note. Yeah, I wrote a note about the helicopter landing, and it's funny because if you look at one of the frames where you can see the feet of the helicopter land, the the back of it is missing like the drawing mm -hmm. uh which i thought was very good yes um there seems to be a lot of like kind of cut and paste animation stuff happening uh but kaiba steps out of the helicopter yugi runs up to meet him which I don't know. I thought it was like a cute scene. Uh, one, because it's crazy to see Yugi and Kaiba stand in the same space and just the insane height difference between them. Yeah. And also because Yugi just sees Kaiba as his friend. Yeah, Kaiba, and, Kaiba don't want none of that. Yeah, Kaiba's like, I, I don't even, I can't see you right now. You're so small. <laughs> but like, Yugi's... Where's that voice coming from? <laughs> yeah. Yugi's down there and he's like, Oh, Kaiba, like, I have your cards. It's so great to see you. Like, remember last time we hung out? And they just had, like, two totally different experiences in terms of their friendship. And if you were yeah, like, I, I wonder... remember when I broke your brain? Yeah, I remember when I broke your brain and you kidnapped my grandpa. <laughs> um, and sent him to the hospital. You sent him to the hospital, but I'm willing to let bygones be bygones, which is wild because Kaiba isn't. Um, yeah, so Kaiba, Kaiba's uh, got his sights on Pegasus's castle. Starts walking away, and Yugi is like, "But we could team up, and you know, all go together." Kaiba's just kind of being a big snob. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he really, doesn't care really, about really the tournament mean. or the rules. He's just out for out for blood. Yeah, he's, he's kind of very insensitive in um, telling Yugi that he's like, I don't need star chips because I'm not here to win a game like you guys are. I'm here to save my brother, which seems very dismissive because the reason that Joey and Yugi are in the tournament is because they're saving family members. Um, so obviously Joey wants to start a fight with... Kaiba and runs at him but he does get thrown down because Kaiba's a little bit stronger than Joey. Um yeah, Joey tries to uh strike a nerve with Kaiba mentioning that uh since he's lost to Yugi uh that Joey can easily defeat him because mm -hmm. You know his his uh, stature among the 
duelist community has fallen so far. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's not crazy for Joey to be like, oh, I could probably take Kaiba on, because, like, the last two duels Joey did were against duelists who are, like, way above his, at the time, skill class, and he did win. Best, right? Yeah. So. Uh, So it's not wild that he wants to duel Kaiba, but we we skipped over one of my favorite lines, which is when Kaiba like flips Joey over his shoulder or whatever, and he falls down Yeah, and everyone's like, Oh my God, Joey. And Bakura is like, check his pulse. Yugi. I think he <laughs> died. I'm like, Jesus, Bakura. Uh, he does get owned pretty hard. He does get owned. It's actually something that like, a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh fans get really mad about with the anime because Joey is kind of one of his skills quotation marks in the manga is that he's like the fighter of the group. Yeah. And in the anime, they kind of turn that down pretty hard. Um, It feels like they kind of needed to, I think this happens a lot with the, translation to anime but i think they felt like they needed to give kaiba some more like enjoyable attributes like being good at fighting yeah he doesn't really do that much fighting in the manga he's kind of just a prick yeah and he hasn't fought anyone he like ran away from those agents or whatever with the fake finger guns so yeah um so they they made him a bit like stronger, good at punching. Um but Joey's pretty persistent in saying that he wants to duel Kaiba and like stick it to him. So Kaiba's like, Alright, fine, this is a way to test my new dueling technology and he pulls out the two prototype uh dual discs. Yeah, and he says, just strap it on. Yeah, there's a pretty boring scene where we do get how dual discs work explained to us. Um, Was this like a toy they made later or something? Um, I don't know if they ever made that particular type of dual disc. I think it might have just been the ones that, like, people you know better where like the actual card layout is shown on the arm yeah uh but these ones are interesting because they're like actually portable uh holograms and you kind of get to see them more yeah they're like big yo-yos yes um and kaiba agrees is has agreed to duel joey even though he said dueling joey would be like dueling an infant or a monkey. Yeah, and then uh, Tristan says that monkey thing gets him every time. Sure yeah, is. and we're we're also getting introduced to another animal insult that will get Joey down quite a bit because it's kind of the one that Kaiba leans on a lot. Yeah. Um, so Kaiba pulls his first card, which is the Battle Ox. And we get to see firsthand his technology doing the holograms, 
which is sort of implied through everybody's dialogue to be like really, really good, maybe a little bit better than what we've been seeing so far in the tournament. Yeah, it's um, augmented reality, and he even says it simulates odor. Yes, it simulates the odor. It smells stinky. Yeah. Um, and I think it's Taya who says it when they're the hologram is coming up. It looks like it's raining glitter. Yeah, yeah. So the, the... sparkly. Um, and Kaiba's battle ox basically smashes most of the monsters that Joey throws up against it. Um, I think by now Joey would uh, not just throw all his cards in the trash by, you know, not having any strategy, but here we go. I mean, Joey's got, like, two brain cells, and one of those brain cells got used up figuring out how to use the dual disc technology. Yeah, I also don't know if using these dual discs that Joey can see the other monster's attack power. I well, it's kind of, it's really weird the way they're playing it, where it's not the traditional, um, like, five-card draw. It is yeah. like they just pull one out and then play it. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting because it is showing, like, Kaiba and Joey's... Um, strategy in this particular duel is not that different like kaiba's not really playing any magic or spell cards right. he's relying on stronger monsters and so like the only reason he's able to win is because he has like stronger monster cards yeah, um, he does uh combine them to make rapid horsemen that's true um, but we do get to see Joey finally use his new card, uh, Red Eyes Black Dragon. Yes, he plays Red Eyes Black Dragon and destroys the Battle Ox after um, having fallen down in defeat. Um, and Kaiba telling him, "That's right, fall into the dirt like the dog you are." Which is the insult he repeats for the rest of the duel. Yeah, lots of lots of dog comments. Lots of dog comments. Uh, um, Kaiba pulls his signature card. Blue Eyes White Dragon, which is a bit stronger than the Red Eyes Black Dragon, and wipes out the rest of Joey's life points. Um, Kaiba which I wins. assume this is like, this thing is going to come back, and Joey's going to find a way to have Red eyes defeat blue eyes. That's what I'm uh, assuming. I don't no. Oh. <laughs> okay. No, like I don't. I don't think, as far as I have seen of Yu-Gi-Oh, there is never a duel between Joey and Kaiba that Joey wins. Oh, okay. Uh, Kaiba usually wins against Joey. Well, Joey loses, and Kaiba says, "You sniveling defeated dog." A lot of dog comments. Yeah. Uh, it's very classist. Uh, and basically, like, he's really rubbing his win in Joey's face, and all of Joey's friends are like, okay, you won. You don't need to do this. Yeah. Why are you being such a jerk about it? 
and Kaiba is basically like, I have to be an asshole because that's the only way that I can beat Pegasus because he's such a good duelist. Um, and he made the game. He made the game, um, and we get a flashback of a tournament that of uh, Pegasus's that Kaiba was in before in uh, New York City, where he witnessed a duel between uh, Pegasus and famously American bandit Keith. Yeah, uh, you can tell he's American because he has a uh, American flag bandana. His American flag bandana on his head, uh, sunglasses, and he has a bad attitude. So those are he, he the marks. He does call Pegasus a cutie pie. Yeah, he makes a lot of, like, homoerotic comments that are just, like, said in a really mean voice. Yeah. My least favorite type of insult. My favorite um, is calling people a dog when they fall into the dirt. Um, he, yeah, he's very arrogant, uh, and he thinks he's going to win this duel between Pegasus, and Pegasus uh, is like, he, he looks at the crowd and sees a child that's a fan of Bandit Keith, mm-hmm. and tells the child to come over, which is a, a weird tactic. Yeah, the the kid... Kind of has the like a stuffed up nose kid voice, yeah. Um, and basically, uh, Pegasus is like, I'm gonna let him duel for me because I think that a child could beat you at yeah, so duel monsters. Bandit Keith summons Garnicia Elephantis, a card I like, mm-hmm. and then the kid is like, uh this paper says you would play that i'm gonna play this card and then bandit keith loses proving that he's truly american being very arrogant and uh, destroyed by the youth yes um i like the kid's line where he's just like uh i think i just took all of your life points <laughs> yeah i was yeah. like you know what i would be pissed off at that kid too it's also wild because they're just kind of playing on like a card table like a folding table yeah and pegasus even like sort of after he puts the kid into the duel goes to talk to kaiba and is like i know it's nothing like your high tech dueling arenas right and of course kaiba does not have any response i think the only facial expression he has during that entire flashback is his eyes widen (laughs) yeah um, but basically that's Kaiba's way of being like, I saw Pegasus, like, basically mind read Bandit Keith and see what he was going to play. And Yugi's like, oh my God, that happened to me. And Kaiba's like, I didn't ask you, but okay. <laughs> right. And he says, the only way that he's going to be able to win against Pegasus is to play by his own ruthless rules. Um, and is like, you kids have fun. I'm going to go to the castle. Um, and that's kind of where he leaves them. 
Um, so not quite finished with his developmental arc. Nope. No. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that's that episode. I think that that is that episode. Um, cool. It's just kind of interesting to see... One of the things that I really like about Yu-Gi-Oh! is that so many of the characters' arcs seem to be, like, about accepting friendship into their lives. Um, yeah. In a way that's, like... I feel like in a lot of other, like, shonen media, it's, like, baked into it that, like, you already know the power of friendship. But so many characters in Yu-Gi-Oh! are basically like, the only way I can win is by being by myself. And every single lesson they have to learn is like, accepting help from other people is okay. Feeling like you can care about other people is okay, and that's the only way you're going to be able to win. Yeah, um, we saw Mai's kind of intro to that in this this last episode, but we haven't really seen or truly uh, accept it and embrace it just yet. Yeah. Um, I think, like, and it's also fun to see Mai having that realization, which is sort of similar to what Kaiba is also having to, like, discover, but, like, them going at different rates on it. Like, Mai is more willing to um, give in to the idea that friendship can help her than Kaiba is because they're in different situations. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that, like, Kaiba has so much money... Kaiba has a helicopter. Kaiba has a helicopter. Kaiba has a whole uh, company that he runs that's kind of blinded him to the idea that he needs help from other people. Uh, but, of course, he'll learn eventually that... Um, the only way he's going to get what he really wants uh, is through the help of other people. Um, and through accepting the fact that he kind of is friends with Yugi. Even though every time Yugi calls them friends, Kaiba does not like it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see more of Kaiba's dynamics with Yugi in the future. Yes. Um, it's also very interesting because most of the time with dueling, Kaiba's interacting with Yami Yugi. And I think it really fucks with his head that he's like, these are two different people, but they have to be the same person right. because I don't believe in magic. <laughs> it's like, if you just kind of believed in magic, you would figure it out, I think. Um, uh, um, another, a fun fact that maybe can go in the yaoi hands corner Sure, is, um, so Yu-Gi-Oh, like, as a thing started, I think, in the 90s, um, and something that, like, is very prevalent in animes, mangas, that, um were made, like, in the 2000s and 90s period is um, character shipping, where, like, you would want two characters to be romantic together. Right. Um, they That's were given... I, what? 
I just said X-Files. Yes. Um, kind of like X-Files, they would be given very specific names. So it wouldn't just be this character slash this character's name. It would be like, um, like people who ship Yugi and Yami Yugi together. It has a specific name called Puzzle Shipping. Interesting. Um, and it kind of, I think, comes from back in the olden days of fandom, um, when people would write fan fiction and stuff, it would have to be pretty scattershot around the web because there weren't central archives like Archive of Our Own um, and kind of fanfiction.net, but not quite. Um, so a lot of fan fiction fan art was hosted on individual sites. And so the way that you would find whatever ship you liked would have to be through knowing like the name of it. Um, and that would be an easier way to differentiate the websites. Um, so the original name that people gave to shipping Joey and Kaiba together was puppy shipping because of Kaiba's weird thing of calling the dog thing. Joey a dog. And it's wow. only been like very recently that people are like, that's kind of fucked up because that's like a really mean thing that he does. Yeah. Um, and so very recently it got, people changed the name from puppy shipping to violet shipping, um, which is blue eyes, red eyes combined uh, makes violet. I like that. Yeah. Make a violet dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, I always do find... Do it, fan artists. I'm sure they have. Um, my one, one of my fears of running the Twitter account is that a Yu-Gi-Oh fan will be able to pick up on what my shipping preferences are based <laughs> on the memes. Uh, um, yeah, if you're, if you're listening, guess, guess, I guess that. you have to guess. Um, last week we asked, uh, listeners to give us their favorite card or tell us their favorite card did we yeah. have any responses we have one response i'm pulling it up now we had one response to our um asking our listeners to send us what their favorite Yu-Gi-Oh cards are and it's from our friend um oh boy Hearts Farmer, uh, and this is a joke because it is from our friend Harris Foster, who said that his favorite card is Pot of Greed. Um, uh, it looks like he also mentioned, is there a card that's a brick wall or something? Um, Which let me... there is a labyrinth. Oh. A card I have. Labyrinth oh, yeah. is an interesting card because it does not have an attack. It has zero attack, but it has a strong defense. Yeah. I think but that I actually like gets happens when you summon it is like it it surrounds your enemy. I mean, I think that there is a duel coming up where someone uses Labyrinth. Cool. Which is actually very cool because it's one of the first duels we see where it's 
two-on-two uh, two yeah. for the duel. So, two duelists form, like, a tag team to duel against another tag team, which is always fun. Sounds exciting. Yes. Thanks for uh, the response, Harold. Thank you so much, Mr. Forrester. We're really happy about that. Uh, but more people should send us your favorite Yu-Gi-Oh cards so we can discuss them and say your name wrong on our podcast. Um, tweet at us at, at Podcast on twitter.com. Um, or you can send them to our email at yugibrospodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, thanks again to our friend Jocelyn Reyes, who did our intro music. Shout out to Jocelyn. Um, and wow, what a what a good episode of Yugi Bros this week. So good. So good. All right. See you later, duelists. It's time to eat dinner. <laughs>